This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. This episode is part of the second series. Chronologically, it falls somewhere before episode 35. The title of this episode is Corona. Corona. I just happened to glance out our front window as a sweatshirt-headed monster made its way up the driveway, slowly and uncertainly. Who would tie the sleeves of a sweatshirt together on top pull the whole thing over their head to obscure their face, and then wander around Walnut Crescent. And why? I figured out the who part right away. When I opened the door, I observed that the monster was wearing Pamela McPherson's parka, and the sweatshirt looked like the one that her husband Dave wore when painting. Yes, the smear of paint on the front matched the McPherson's side deck. So what is the appropriate social protocol when facing a neighbor doing strange things? Should I ask about the eccentricity? Or should I pretend that everything is quite normal? I guess I should have had that figured out already, because Pamela McPherson often does strange things. I opted for the middle road. Morning, Pamela, I said cheerfully, gesturing vaguely at her head. What's up? Moonk, 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 said Pamela. Having a sweatshirt on one's head is counter-conducive to clear and concise communication, so I invited Pamela to come in, but she sprang back. Moonk! she said, and gestured that I should come outside. So I pulled on the coat and boots, stepped out into the bright spring afternoon sunlight on our driveway to hear what Pamela had to say, and hopefully to understand. It took a couple of tries before I finally understood that moomph, 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 really meant, I have coronavirus. But getting the details to the sweatshirt was going to be a long process. I reached over and plucked the sweatshirt from Pamela's head. She stood blinking in the sun. Just cough the other way, I directed. And why were you wearing Dave's sweatshirt on your head? Well, I didn't want anyone else to get the virus, and I didn't have a mask. The sweatshirt was the next best thing, she replied. I didn't want to infect you or Alex or Chuck. So how did you get the virus anyway, I asked. Well, I was reading my email, and along came a message with Chinese characters in the subject line. I knew right away it was a virus, so I went to delete it but my hand on the mouse must have twitched, and I opened it by mistake. There, in the midst of a bunch more Chinese characters, was the word COVID-19. So right away I realized I was infected. That's how you get viruses, you know, by, by opening infected emails. I thought she was joking and was about to laugh, but I could see she was serious. So I explained how computer viruses worked, and that people couldn't get viruses sent by email. Well, that's what Dave tried to tell me, said Pamela. So why didn't you listen to Dave, I asked. Pamela looked at me condescendingly with her, what's this younger generation coming to? Look. Oh, he's my husband, of course, she explained, as if that were all that needed to be said. So crisis was averted, and Pamela headed home. It was much easier for her to navigate with a sweatshirt in her hand instead of on her head, but she reappeared late the next morning. Mumph, 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 she said. So by now I knew the routine. I stepped out onto the driveway and snatched the sweatshirt from her head. How did it happen this time, I said. It was some Chinese lady in the independent grocer, replied Pamela. She coughed. Did she cough on you? Did she cough on the vegetables, I asked. No, replied Pamela. She coughed on her arm. But she was Chinese. 
Well, how do you know she was from China, I challenged. Pamela looked at me as if I were an ignorant child. You can tell just by looking, she explained. The face, the eyes. No, no, but how do you know she wasn't from Vancouver, or from Whitehorse, or from Carmack's? She might have been from Carmack's and just came into Whitehorse for groceries. And a simple cough. Oh, maybe she just had a dry throat after the long drive from Carmack's. I could see that Pamela wasn't 100% convinced. But she was wavering. Hmm, that's kind of what Dave said. But then he said he had a case of corona too. Turns out he was just talking about Mexican beer. He sat and drank it while letting me suffer. Look, Pamela, I said. Don't worry about it until you have some symptoms. That's what all the news releases say. Until then, just carry on with life, avoiding large crowds, of course. I think Pamela was a bit disappointed as she headed home, sweatshirt in hand. But again, it was less than 24 hours before she was back. This time there was no sweatshirt. She was wearing a plastic mask that covered her complete face, big plastic lenses over her eyes, and some sort of complicated filter over her mouth and nose. There were elastic straps around the back of her head. I stared. She looked vaguely like some sort of insect alien from a low-budget science fiction movie. Pamela gestured at the mask. I got it from Dave's workshop, she said. He uses it when he's doing a lot of sanding. The mask was easier to talk through than the sweatshirt, although Pamela's voice was still muffled. So I have symptoms, announced Pamela triumphantly. A sore throat and my nose is a bit runny. I sighed, but didn't try to wrestle the mask off her head. Okay, I said. If you think you really have the coronavirus, go get tested. Then at least you'll know. Great. That sounds like good advice. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Dave just told me I was crazy. Pamela headed home with a new spring in her step. She sent me an email that evening saying she was in self-isolation, waiting for the test results. Then nothing more. Three days later, on my way back from meeting Alex at the school bus, I saw Dave in front of the McPherson house. The garage door was open, and he was puttering around. I went over to ask about Pamela. Yeah, she's in isolation, he said. Locked herself in the bedroom. It's working out fine. I leave food on a tray outside her door, and I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. I watch TV and drink beer. He even read most of a Zane Grey Western last night without being disturbed. Yeah, things are great. But what about her test results, I asked. When will you get the test results back? A shadow passed over Dave's face. Oh, I got the results back this morning, he replied. Pamela's fine, no COVID-19. But I haven't told her. Not yet. I was surprised. What do you mean you haven't told her? Well, like I said, things are working out fine, Dave explained. Pamela likes being sick. I like the freedom of not having her around. I wonder if I can stress this to 14 days. That's how long they say you're supposed to stay in isolation. He only let it go another two days. Pamela reappeared at my door. No sweatshirt, no sanding mask. I'm starting a new campaign for those in need, she said. Toilet paper. There are people here in Whitehorse, right here on Walnut Crescent. People who don't have toilet paper and the shelves in Superstore are bare. I thought I'd set up a toilet paper bank, you know, like the food bank, so that people who have extra can share with those whose husbands forgot to buy toilet paper. Sort of like what I do with the beans and craft dinner. Who here in Walnut Crescent is short of toilet paper? I asked, although I already knew the answer. Uh, well, said Pamela in a small voice, we could use a roll or two, uh, but I'm sure there are others. So I gave Pamela six rolls of toilet paper. We always had lots for our Walnut Crescent bed and breakfast. Winston Churchill had said that no good crisis should go to waste. So Pamela took that to heart. 
She capitalized on her contacts in the neighborhood to mobilize everyone on Walnut Crescent and the streets on either side. I guess she didn't wear her sweatshirt or sanding mask when she went calling on them because she got everyone to buy in right away. With Pamela's encouragement, people checked on their neighbors and found out who was having a hard time. Pamela started a Facebook group to manage it all. The young mother of two little boys on Ponderosa had to take their dog to the vet, so Pamela arranged for one of their neighbors to look after the children. Kelda, on our street, wasn't feeling well and didn't want to go out, so Pamela did a run to the bagel store for her. The couple on Almond Place who arrived back from Mexico to go straight into two weeks of isolation finally had to plead with people not to bring them any more groceries. And sort of like the loaves and fishes story in the Bible, there was suddenly enough toilet paper for everyone. There's nothing like a good crisis to bring out the best in people. That's how things work in Yukon. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.